everybody and welcome to the podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. I have one of my favorite and most frequent guests with me today who needs no introduction. I might need an introduction. Okay, this is my husband, everybody. His <laughs> name is Steph or Stephanos Sifendos. You say your name. I don't even say it right. I'm your wife. You do. You just don't accent it correctly because of your American tongue. Okay, say your name. Stephanos Sifandos. Yeah, I can't say it like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm working on it. Practice. Practice. So for those of you who may be new to the show, every Saturday I put up an episode that's a coach's corner where I bring another expert or someone I find interesting on and we have a conversation or I just teach a little something. If you missed my last four weeks of Coach's Corner, I highly suggest you go back and dive in because I took you through a really awesome New Year's process. Everything from year in review to manifesting 2020 to a more masculine, practical goal setting way and then a more feminine way to, to set goals as well. So check those out. And then every Wednesday or Thursday, if you're in Australia, you get an episode where you get to listen to me coach someone live on the air. It's unscripted, unedited, and unproduced. So go check those out. So today we are going to talk about how to fight healthfully, how to have a healthy fight. Healthy disagreement, healthy argument, healthy fight. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if healthily was actually a word. Healthily is a word, yeah. Is it? Yeah. How to healthily argue. Okay. Well, that's what we're going to talk about because- the nature of <laughs> it just gave me a funny look. <laughs> the nature of a relationship, and we're going to be talking more about romantic relationships. But actually, the steps we're going to give you can work in any relationship where you're having a disagreement. So the nature of a relationship is to have disagreements. No relationship should have the expectation that you're never going to fight, that you're never going to have a disagreement, that the person's never going to bother you. And I think even on some level, I thought that if I was in a conscious relationship, we weren't ever going to have big fights, like even screaming fights, nasty fights. And since our relationship accelerated so quickly, we had to learn how to deal with our disagreements pretty soon. And we had some doozies back in the day, didn't we? Yeah. And I think it's more probably me raising my voice again, not screaming as you seem to interpret, but. <laughs> See, but we've discussed this. You're Greek Italian. I'm like German Catholic Irish. You're, I come from like pretty much holding everything inside kind of cultures and families. <laughs> and you come from like, let's just like, blah. so I, sometimes I think what you think is raising your voice is actually yelling. <laughs> then we have to dis- agree to disagree. What we can quantify, <laughs> what we could do is get some form of decibel reading and then determine what, what decibel it is, what screaming is at what decibel and then attach it to us and put it in the room and then we'd know. Maybe it's your, the intensity of which you speak. <laughs> and everybody says that the things that you fall yeah, in love I mean, most yeah. with also dr- are hard in a relationship. Yeah. And I love your passion. Yeah. Just when it's directed at me, I don't like it. It's directed <laughs> at me in a fiery way, I don't like it. <laughs> Directed at me in a passionate, sensual way I love, but the the Greek Italian, not so much. <laughs> Wish people could see your face when you go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I just want to say that it's okay to have arguments in your relationship. And especially if you consider yourself in a conscious relationship, 
It's not easy all the time. It, it can be more easy than it is hard. But I think what makes a relationship easier is to know that there's going to be disagreements. And actually, the health of a relationship isn't really defined by how often you argue, but how well you recover from the arguments and how you learn from them. And I think we're doing pretty well because we don't tend to disagree or fight about the same thing. No. And I also think to add to that, it's about how, quote unquote, well you argue or or people argue as well in terms of that word healthily that you used before. Mm -hmm. Is there a healthy argument or is there argument that's coming and I'm sure you're going to unpack this in a moment and we'll we'll both talk to it but is it argument that's coming from uh, repressed pain and right. wounding and childhood stuff and old old patterns and old stuff that really isn't relevant in the moment but we get triggered and we become reactive because we become so defensive and protective right I know right. you know I know I'm very guilty of that or I'm particularly in my oof, in my youth in my early 20s mid 20s up to my early 30s, I was so reactive. Mm-hmm. If someone challenged me or if someone disagreed with me, I took that as a direct threat that my life was – and that was a product of me having grown up the way I did. But I would honestly take that as a threat, as mm. if someone wants to hurt me and I would be so defensive and so reactive. Yeah. And it would it would ruin – it would it, – it, it, eroded relationships yeah it wasn't it wasn't fair it wasn't it wasn't fair on me it, it hurt my physiology and my mind and my heart and it wasn't fair on on the people that I was arguing with either so when you feel that now because those patterns take time to shift when you yeah. feel that how do you not go to that super reactive more explosive place I have, I have so much more awareness that I don't feel the need to go there mm-hmm. I don't feel the threat I don't yeah. feel threatened. I I don't feel threatened by you. I don't mm. feel threatened by the conversations we Come had. Come on, I'm so tough. <laughs> You're very tough. So, <laughs> You've seen my punch. Yeah, he yeah, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> He's not serious. Um, I'm so serious I would put you in front of anyone if I felt in danger. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no on all fronts on that <laughs> for so many reasons. Um, you just get to be a queen. Um, I, I, I don't have that need. I don't, I still get defensive. Clearly you see that, Mm -hmm. but it's not coming from, it's, it probably comes more from a place of frustration. Mm -hmm. And if I were to go really a lot deeper into that and sort of dig around more awareness, it's more, why can't you understand me? Why can't you hear what I'm saying? Why am I not expressing myself clearly enough? What's wrong with me? And then I start the internal internalization of that, but it's not, I don't feel Overthreatened. In saying that, though, there are times when I do, when mm-hmm. I do, but I don't feel the need to be so reactive and so harsh. But you know, you've noticed times where maybe I've been, oh, that's a bit of a charge. I've got a charge around yeah. that, so I'm feeling threatened. But I don't think it's anything you can't handle. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's intense, but it's not to the point where, whoa, what the fuck is going no, on? No, not here? at all. Not at all. And and plus. You know, the longer we're together, the more I know you and the more I know I'm safe and the more I know you to expressing. And I really want to acknowledge you, babe, because you've made, even in just the short time we've been together, you've made so much progress in, in your level of reaction and also how quickly you're willing to take responsibility for, for your side of the street. It's always... I love the saying, take 100% responsibility for your 50%. And yeah. I just see you doing more and more of that. And it, it just makes me feel so much more safe, which is so important for especially the female in a relationship. 
I think that's part of when you ask the question around you know, what's the difference now is be, one of the contributing factors to that is that I feel I, I take responsibility for my role in, in any dynamic a lot quicker than I used to. Mm-hmm. And that helps me see another version and another reality, another possibility of, okay, how can I actually be in this situation as opposed to being defensive or attacking the other person or yeah. or using my mind or my language or my vernacular or whatever it is to outsmart them or, or hurt them or just to feel safe or better with myself. I don't have that yearning. Yeah. Well, I used to when I was younger. And yeah. if it wasn't that, it was fist fighting, right. not in intimate, relate, not in romantic relations, but you know, whether it was on the street or with people I didn't know in my early 20s, that's what it resulted in. It, yeah. it didn't It didn't last too long in the a- aggressive verbiage. It went straight to physical violence. Yeah. I think you're just making me think of a big distinction. There's a difference between fighting to win mm. or fighting to be right versus just fighting to be understood. Yeah. And if yeah. we can actually let go of fighting to win or fighting to be right and get to, you know, the awareness that what I really want is to be understood in the situation and we're going to get to our seven-step process that that has come from our disagreements and what really has worked for us. But I think that's been the key thing is when we fight to be right and I just want to be right or I just want to win or vice versa, we get nowhere. And then the fight just yeah. repeats or intensifies. Oh, yeah, in different ways yeah. and often with different people because – you know, we won't. We just won't tolerate that. Most of us won't tolerate that in in relationship, and so we leave. And often, you know, I think we leave prematurely. Yeah. Not to say that every relationship is meant to be for you, and you should stay there forever because you should work through all your arguments. But I, I still do think we leave prematurely because yeah. those arguments that are left unchecked are coming from somewhere, and they compound and absolutely they affect the dynamic, the healthy dynamic, or the possibility of that. That's why I think it's important to have the disagreements. Like I used to sort of run from our conflict a little bit and get scared and just brush things under the rug and be scared to bring something up to you. And you'd always call me out on that and say, like, that's not good. You have to just you have know, the courage. You know, I don't like that too. What? Calling out. Oh, I thought you didn't like collecting evidence. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's okay. Well, I like it. And I'll, I bet and some I'll, of the listeners like, you. like it. So like you. you'll just have to tolerate it, buddy. I, I can definitely tolerate it. Okay, Leroy. <laughs> I call him Leroy. Yeah, I thought you might want to let people know that. <laughs> we have lots of nicknames for each other. I don't know where Leroy came from, but I like it. It's a good one. Anyway, now you've made me lose my train of thought. Oh, I used to just hold back and brush things under the rug, but then that would just compound and all of a sudden I'd be distant from you or I'd be snippy and irritable with you because a lot for women, if we're holding anger inside, then we just get snippy and irritable. So one of my growth edges is to bring stuff up and to come and not be scared of your reaction, but to just really stand in in my own sovereignty and and bring stuff up that's bothering me. And the dance in that is I've communicated to you that it's hard for me. And so you are really good in those situations. If I'm bringing something to you and I say, this is really hard for me, I'm really scared. You don't just say, oh, don't be scared, whatever. You soften your body position, you give me your attention and you say, I promise I'm not going to yell or react. And you give me that, that sense of safety, which I think is important. Like we need to understand what our partner needs, even in arguments and even in difficult conversations. And that's really helped me not avoid arguments because when we avoid them, 
like you said, it just compounds over time. And not only are we bringing stuff from the relationship, but then we're bringing stuff from our childhood and our parents and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But if we have the disagreement and we work through them in the way that we're going to tell you, often you you can talk with your partner and in your own work about your childhood wounds that are getting triggered. Because I would say the majority of our arguments, what eventually gets us to the breakthrough is identifying where my inner child or your inner child is getting triggered and how we're playing off each other or projecting onto each other. Mm. And that's where usually our aha moment comes and that's where the growth comes. Yeah, I find that personally liberating. Yeah. And what excites me is that in the moment, not so much, to be honest. In the moment, it's, it's fucking challenging. And parts of me sometimes do want to be right. Maybe I've had a bad day, mm-hmm. I'm just frustrated and this is another thing that I don't need and then I start mm-hmm. projecting onto you. And, you know, and I'm sure you do the same in different ways. I don't think you do it as often as me. I think you're more grounded in that way. You know, hashtag you're a better human. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I find great reprieve in that. And and excitement in knowing that this is showing me something and I get to shift something within me that's not Mm -hmm. really serving me because it's not that it's just uncomfortable in our dynamic. It's uncomfortable for me. I've got to live with that. I've got to live with that tension. Tension is not a desirable state. Now, I say this often to clients and people that I work with. If you lined up a 1,000 people, 100 people, 10,000, a million people, and you ask them to raise their hand if they prefer happiness or raise their hand if they prefer anger and frustration, Mm -hmm. the majority of the people, unless they have sincere pathology, are going to raise their hand. I mean the vast majority. For happiness. For happiness, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so it doesn't mean that anger or frustration doesn't teach us anything and it's not valuable. It just means it's not, to me, it's not, it's an undesirable state. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to live that way the rest of your life. No. You'd happily live happy for the rest of your life though, or you're more inclined to at least that way, even though we learn through contrast, another conversation. But I just, I get excited because I've been living in tension for so long in my life. And as I build more awareness around who I am, I get to realize that, oh, okay, I actually, this is an opportunity to work through something and free it. And so it doesn't have to keep coming up again and again and again, or at least doesn't have to keep coming up in the intensity that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen that in our relationship. Yeah. Some things just don't come up anymore and yeah. some things come up, but the intensity is, is less. Lower, yeah. Is less. So before we get to the seven steps, one of the tools that we've used that works really well, especially for me, because I tend to go more into like, in the fight, flight, or freeze, I tend to go more into the the fight, no, the flight and freeze, and you tend to go more into the fight. That's a way. What do you mean? <laughs> that's, that's a way? That's, no, that's, that's an old, old, old saying. It's Is it an Australian, Australian saying? Yeah, yeah, that's Which, the way. That's, that's the, the way. way. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. What does it mean? That's the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, oh. It's, it's, it's like a, it's agreeing with you basically. Oh, yeah. oh, you're agreeing with me. Yeah, okay. You just needed to translate. Yeah. It's kind of like when you go, hmm, when you mean yes. I'm like, is that a yes? Hmm. <laughs> like, is that a yes? And I've seen other Australians now do it. You just, you guys yeah. just go, hmm. Yeah. Well, or, uh, mm. No, that would be no. Right. I know. Yeah. But usually yeah, in America, yeah. when you ask somebody a question, they don't go, mm, for yeah, yes. It's because America is mm. so prestige and articulate. That must They're be so it. advanced. That must be it. Such an advanced, the land of the free. Oh, boy. Let's not go there. <laughs> All right. We digress. So one of the things that's been really helpful, especially when I have that 
freeze or flee is we've developed a physical pattern break. It's actually something that you came up show, with. Show everyone. I can't. They don't. They can't see me. We need a video <laughs> podcast. But it is we put one arm up in the air with fists clenched. And where did that even start? How did we even? We were walking. We were staying oh, at Robbie's. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And we went for a walk and we were having a conversation about our path, our journey. Do you yeah. remember the actual conversation? Yeah, I mean, oh, you I do? do. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I, I don't exactly. I roughly do. I think we were talking a little bit about the future and we are talking a little bit about you. It was more about you that, that day, I think. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was, yeah? I yeah, I know what it was about. Oh, okay. It was something legal related. Okay, I can't. I can't remember anyway. Okay, whatever. It was. I honestly can't remember, but Mm. it was. I know it was more about you, and I was reassuring you about some things. Mm -hmm. And then we got to talking about you just feeling more comfortable, and and I was explaining a little bit about my personality and Mm -hmm. and just going deeper. And it was kind of a little tense though when we came up with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think I just I literally started walking with my hand above my arm above my head, straight up in the air, fist clenched, and you sort of looked at me and like, what, what are you doing? And I wanted to explain to you that no matter where we are, we have this as a sign, as a physical pattern break, but more importantly, I wasn't trying to get into NLP or anything like that with you. It was more importantly to say let's keep coming back to this and that that fist represented our purpose mm-hmm. and our path. The, the arm represented the path. And to rise above whatever. And to rise above whatever tension and difficulty we're experiencing and that fist is our purpose in togetherness, in our union. As long as we're together, we have that. Mm-hmm. We really have that. As long as we're connected in the way that we are, we we have that. And it was really a reassurance thing to not get so caught up in the the temporary nature of the disagreement or the argument or the yuckiness or any of that. And sometimes, you know, I've used it many times with you. Yep. I don't know if you've used it with me, maybe a couple, a couple of times. times yeah, yeah. No, but I know I've used it many times with you when maybe I've, you know, I think I've been maybe mean or I, I've, I haven't taken into consideration your fi- I haven't been empathetic and compassionate to the right. degree that I could. You're just in your stuff. I'm in my stuff, yeah. yeah. Like you're in your stuff and and I just want to break the ice mm-hmm. and, and also break the tension and I'll put my hand up in the air and you really receive that. Because yeah. that's not easy to receive either because you could still push that away. Yeah. Uh, and you don't and you never have to me and it's – it's felt really empowering for our relationship yep. on on various levels, and yep. it's it's got me thinking about and feeling into how can I be different with how we treat each other, yep. and how I treat particularly more how I'm treating you and treat myself when we're in disagreement. And it works great because even if we're in the heat of a disagreement, yep. and you know, you say I'm I need some space and walk away, you'll you'll do that, yep. and that's just a re- you'll put your arm up the air, and that's just a reminder. Or if we're just in a fight and we just can't get to the bottom of it, we'll do that. And it just is that, again, reminder that no matter what, we're going to get through this. We're in something yuck right now. And we we're going to get, get And we it. want to get through it, exactly. And, and letting the other person know, because sometimes in the heat of the moment, you know, fear can come up. Fear sure. can come up. Like, is this the last argument? Is this the last conversation we'll ever have? Mm-hmm. And will this argument be the Is it end always going to be like this? Yeah, it's yeah. always going to be like this. Are we constantly going to be like, when is it going to be? But, and that is a really nice reminder to take a breath or just slow down. When I say take a breath, you don't have to take massive deep breaths. It's just about slowing down, mm-hmm. being more mindful, being in the present, knowing that this is temporary just like everything else in life, yeah. not to be not to be dark, but yeah. we are living a temporary life with temporary moments. 
It's so true. It's so true. So should we dive into our, our seven steps here? Yeah, yeah. And just a side note here. If you've tried something like this, it's not working, you're having the same argument over and over again, or if you're in an abusive relationship, these seven steps aren't, aren't going to do the trick. You know, no. like th- that would be the time to evaluate whether you're going to be in the relationship. If it's dangerous, get out. If it's dangerous, if unsafe, get out. out. And, and even if you say it's complicated, we have kids, like figure it out and get yeah, out as soon as you can. Ask for help. I know so many people that are in abusive relationships and people around them don't know. Yeah. And when their friends find out, they say, why didn't you tell me you could have moved in with me? So just, just find those options. And if you're not in an abusive relationship, but you're having the same argument over and over and over again, you've been married 20 years and it just keeps coming up, that may be the time to get some outside help. And, yeah. and, and really help someone, have someone help you identify, you know, both the childhood stuff that's getting triggered and the unresolved issues that have been in your relationship or your marriage that you haven't dealt with. You may just need some outside help. I was, I was speaking to a, to a client. I had a, a client, it was a couple of days ago, and we were talking about relationship dynamics. And I, I essentially said the one real fundamental thing I look for in a relationship is willingness. Yeah. That that's that's really that's the foundation. There's not for me n- nothing really supersedes that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not interested in value. I am of course, but not before willingness. Yeah. Like if both of you can't be willing to really work through your stuff, then you're going to be really challenged with any yeah. step process. It can be the best in the world and it's not going to help if people aren't willing to really go there and get maybe even more uncomfortable mm-hmm. in a different way by looking at their own stuff and looking at their level of responsibility and taking ownership for that. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I appreciate most about you, my love, and that's most attractive about you as well, is you're always so willing. You're always willing. Even if you're a little stubborn at first and getting there, you always are willing to hear me out, to look at your side of things, to dive in and do your work. And that brings me so much comfort and just makes me fall in love with you more every time you do. Like every time I see you, you know, if we're having an argument or just how things were last month when we were in Perth, when I see you being willing to look at it, to dive into it and to talk to me about it and own your end of it and ask for what you need from me as well, it's like it it shifts everything. And I always go back to that. Like the, the arm in the air is a reminder to me that not only will we make it through and both of us want to, but it's a reminder of your willingness. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to looking for a partner, being in partnership, really ask yourself, are you willing? You know, are you willing to really look at your side of things? And are you with someone who's also willing to work on the relationship? Because, you know, one thing that you said to me in the beginning of our relationship is, you know, you work so hard on your career and your purpose a relationship needs that too. We can't just put our relationship, you know, on cruise control and expect it to thrive. It may survive on cruise control, but right. I, don't, I don't think if it doesn't have attention, like anything, if you don't give it any sincere attention, it just won't thrive. Exactly. And it won't continue to grow and exactly. evolve and expand and, and change over time as we do as yeah. individuals. And your person will trigger you, especially yeah. in most intimate relationships because they're a mirror. Yeah. And 
that's part of what a conscious relationship is, is both people know, all right, we signed up for all the good and all the romantic, amazing, wonderful stuff, but we also signed up to work through our shit together. Yeah. Okay. So here's our seven steps. So the first one we've alluded to, like when you're in the heat of the argument, things are kind of intense. When it reaches that threshold place, one of you, it doesn't matter who, do the pattern break, do the pattern interrupt. For us, it's the arm in the air. Yeah. I just want to say something to this. So caveat, don't instigate or begin these seven steps without your partner knowing in the heat of argument. Yeah. This go-to strategy or any strategy needs to be something that is spoken about when you're both in healthy states, when you're both open, receptive, you're connected to each other, and it's agreement. It's an agreement. It's a conscious agreement. It's an aware agreement that you make that this is how we are are choosing to disagree and or argue. That is the most important part. And get really clear on the steps. If these steps work for you, take them, run with them, do what you like with them, implement them in the heat of disagreement. But just know that it needs to be something that is discussed prior to and yeah. both of you are on board. It's like, a, you know, call it a, a legal written contract. I mean, yeah. I sometimes make suggestions to couples that I work with to literally draw up a written contract yeah. and put it on the fridge and refer to it when need be if someone's breaking that yeah. contract. You can go to that extent if you need to. It's not because you don't trust each other. It's just because it's accountable. It's that level of accountability that you can relate to. But there's another little tip for you as well. Yeah. But make sure that you have spoken about this, don't just bring it on to your partner. Okay, pattern break. And so your partner's yeah. like, what the fuck is yeah, this? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, those agreements are so, so important. Like one agreement we have is that neither one of us walks out of the room, slams the door and just storms out with no request for space or say I'm leaving, but I'm coming back or, or whatever. We just, those are just some agreements that we've made just to respect each other's needs. Yeah. And when, if, if I break that agreement, for example, we have a, a hole that's 20 foot deep. I go there, um, <laughs> no food, no water for seven days, um, six nights, uh, in the dark. Oh, you uh, probably like that because you like those weird physical challenges. I would. That's feel like a reward for you. No, we do not stick stuff in a hole. Okay. <laughs> so pattern break. Do something to break the intensity when it kind of reaches a peak point. You're, you're both getting nowhere. Yeah. yeah. When you reach that point in the argument where you're just yelling at each other, you're getting nowhere, you keep saying the same thing, somebody's got to do the pattern break. This is the first step. Second step. Second step is space. So request space from each other. Maybe one of you, and you again, you've predetermined space. Maybe for one of you, it's going for a walk. Maybe you go into separate rooms. Maybe one of you jumps in the car and goes for a drive. Be careful with that one, especially if you're really angry because yeah. that can be dangerous, of course. All those neurochemicals flushing through your body that aren't, that are supercharged and are stress hormones can cause you to not drive yeah. very well. So just be careful with that. Going for a walk is is good. Just Create space from each other. You mean the same house? Yeah, that's fine. For a period of time. And you you say that, is it we're coming back in 20 minutes? Are we coming back in five minutes? Are we coming back at the end of the day? Yeah. Don't leave it too long. I wouldn't leave it more than you can sleep on it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's great to sleep on it because it's unresolved. But depending on the nature of the argument and your circumstances and your connection and a few other variables, you can sleep on it. And that that's a form of space as well. And I would probably recommend if you do, you sleep in separate rooms yeah. and, and, and have that time. But it's very deliberate. You're not sleeping on it just hoping it goes away in the right. morning. And sleeping in separate rooms to punish each other. No, 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 no. You're, you're, if you are going to sleep on it, you're still coming back 
the next morning or that afternoon or whatever it is on your agreement and you're talking about this and you're feeling and you're working through it. Yeah. yeah. And step two and the next step three we're going to talk about, they can take a while. Like I would yeah. say what we were working through in December, it took us a couple of weeks to get all the way through it. You know, we'd, we'd talk, we'd reconnect, then we'd kind of be in a funk again. And it, it took like a while to break through it, but we kept kind of coming back to each other. So just know sometimes disagreements, especially when it's about deeper stuff, mm. it, it sometimes is not an overnight thing. Mm-mm. And you want to just make sure you do little things to stay connected, kind of know you're in a bit of a funk. Like we said that to each other. We're like, we're in a bit of a funk and we know we're going to get out of it. We're just in a little bit of a funk right now. And that made it easier as well. Yeah. That made a, that, that gave us some breathing space to enjoy life, enjoy yeah. the fact that we're breathing and alive and with beautiful people and in a beautiful place. And it was still difficult, but it, it honestly for me it took the edge off. Yeah. Just knowing that we could actually just put a pause on it. Right. And, you know, the tension would arise fairly quickly again. That was standard, but we knew that was happening. So we prepared for it a little bit differently. Yeah. 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 So the third step, which we're kind of alluding to here is working your own process. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's hard when you're in life and you've got kids and a job, it's not like you can have a fight and then go spend two hours journaling and release writing and (laughs) meditating and crying and hitting a pillow and thinking about what happened to you when you were eight. Sometimes this, this can take a little longer. So for me, working my process looks like spending some time alone, feeling my feelings, like allowing myself to feel, ask what myself, what this reminds me of. That's always one of my questions. Like, what am I reminded to? What am I reminded of in this moment? What story or pattern am I in? Um, often working my process involves calling and talking to like a good friend. And I'm very lucky that in my relationships, you know, all of my girlfriends are always fans and champions of Steph and they're always rooting for the marriage. So don't call a friend who's going to be like, he's such an asshole. I can't believe he did that. Of course you want someone to empathize with you and be like, oof, yeah, that hurts. Like, oof, yeah, he's really in a funk right now. But call people that will help you get back to, to love or, or we'll just at the very least listen. Don't call people that are going to help you villainize your partner because that is not healthy. And then I really also think about what I need. Like, what do I really need? What are the requests? What do I, grown-up Christine, need? And what is little Christine, who's probably triggered in that situation? She's a little one. Yeah, the little one. Little, little Bubba. What does she need? And sometimes she's really little. Sometimes it's a four-year-old. Sometimes it's an eight-year-old. Sometimes it's a 13-year-old. Sometimes it's a 20-year-old. And really getting in touch with those parts in terms of what they need. Yeah. And my process is it varies. However, I enjoy breathing. Deliberate breath practice. I enjoy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think most of us do. Deliberate breath practice, uh, breath sound movement practice to help shift the stuckness that I sometimes feel or the agitation or the frustration. I like movement in terms of maybe going for a run, going for a walk, hitting a bag, going to train. I'm just clearing my head. I prefer solitude. I need to practice probably a little bit more not being such a lone wolf and reaching out to brothers, my brothers more than I have so many that I can that I can lean on. And I do, I do. I could probably just do a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I advocate uh, for, especially with all the men's work that I do. And it's something that I do do. So I do practice what I preach. I just recognise within myself I could probably do a more effective job of that. Mm-hmm. So for me, solitude, deliberate breath, 
surrounding myself with with other men, you know, really getting that good support and being able to express and 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 vent that and really think through, be very self-reflective for me and and be self-reliant but also seek support. That's very important mm-hmm. for me. And just again, be really reflective. I like to make myself my own port of call to be self-reliant and then share that with other men and ask for honest feedback into where I'm at, where my behaviour is, but that requires me to be very honest with myself mm-hmm. as well. And so the, the movement, the breath, the getting into nature is very important for me. I often like going for a swim in the ocean. Mm-hmm. If you're in, in near a large body of water, whether it be a lake or a river, ravine, whatever, and an ocean, get into the ocean. It can be super helpful and mm-hmm. cleansing. We're going to have to toss you into some lakes when we get to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. We're not too far from one. You're really great at the self-reflection and identifying what's getting triggered for you. That's usually your breakthrough is when you can connect. Those and that's thoughts. when I soften as well. That's yeah. why I go there because I know it's it, it's for me, It's it, I open more. It's not even a softening. It's more of a it, – it's an opening. It's the, the armor around the heart falls away and I, I, I open. Yeah. I lean in. And then when both of us have opened our heart more, we'll check in with each other and sometimes I'll come to him and say, are you ready to talk? Or he'll come to me and say, you know, darling, I want to talk to you or let's, let's work through this. And so this brings us to step four, which is vulnerably share and actively listening. So vulnerably sharing is using that I language, you know, I felt this, not when you said this, you made me feel you, 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 but more... I felt this. You can use a little bit, well, when when you act that way or when you say this to me, what it brings up for me is... I feel yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a blaming conversation. Mm. Like, you make me feel whatever. So vulnerably sharing, sharing any insights. Like, a lot of times we share a lot of insights of, like, what I realized what was happening in this fight is it reminded me of when my dad did this or my mom did this or at school this happened. And that helps your partner start to know you even more intimately and also and empathize. And empathize. And see yeah. that little child within you as well yeah. and be more kind. I know yeah. when when you bring that stuff up to me, when you say, Hey, you know what this reminds me of? And I say, No, tell me. And you tell me, I, I in, instantly see that little mm-hmm. girl in you and it makes me want to protect you and it makes me want to act in greater integrity and not be you know, not be harsh and not come from my own pain and and it doesn't mean that I don't prioritize myself it just means I see you in a different way I don't I don't feel I feel less threatened yeah I feel less reactive yeah and this is what most couples miss and especially to the ladies out there when you're just pointing the finger and blaming and telling him or her like all the things you want them to do differently and all the ways they hurt you or all the ways whatever versus vulnerably sharing you know what this really reminds me of this reminds me of a time when I was at the school play and I thought I did really well and I got off stage and realized my dad didn't show up or whatever it was that that didn't happen to me. I was just making it up. And so I'm feeling like you're not showing up for me or whatever it may be. And an instant empathy happens. And in addition to vulnerably sharing, you want to actively listen. So if Steph's sharing something with me, I'm not interrupting him. I'm actively listening. I'm even reflecting back and using the tool of perception checking to say, all right, I really hear that blah, 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 blah. Is that accurate? Like really trying to understand your partner. Yeah. I've found that to be quite freeing for me is understanding you 
Uh, of course, always making moves to understand myself, but understanding you almost accelerates how I understand myself yeah. as well because it opens me up. It, yeah. it helps me drop into empathy and compassion, which is a space opener within. Yeah. And that's when my heart opens and I can see aspects of myself that I couldn't see before. Yeah. And the, the harshness falls away. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with that, more vulnerability yeah. is available. Yeah. So step five is speaking any needs. <clears throat> it may be I need you to understand this about me. It may be I need to hear X, Y, Z. It may be I need you to say I'm sorry for blah, blah, blah. This is so important because one of the things that really sabotages relationships is expecting your partner to read your mind and expecting them just to know your needs. Like, if you really love me, you'd know my needs. No, no, no. <laughs> We've got to often teach people what we need. So speaking any needs is very, very important. Yeah, and I think not only speaking those needs but then asking permission, it, you know, can you give that to me? Mm -hmm. can, you, can you really deliver that? Can you help me through that? And that's an important part of it as well because, again, that, that diffuses and softens the the scenario that we're in and we don't feel threatened. Yeah. Because if someone is asking for all these things, and that's another thing, I mean, mindful of how much you're asking for, especially around the yeah. same, you know, there's, a, there's a sensitivity and a delicateness to disagreement. People are already feeling a little bit, you know, threatened or they're not, not feeling right. completely grounded. So it's just being really mindful of how we're asking for what we need and how much we're asking for as well. Yeah, and yeah. be specific. Like let's yeah. say that you want your partner to do more around the house because you feel overwhelmed. You said, I just need you to do more around your house. Well, if you're the partner, say, okay, can you give me two specific things that would help? Because just putting out one of those kind of more general needs, it's going to overwhelm the person, mm -hmm. and then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. So if you say, you know, I need you to, I don't know, move the wash from the washer to the dryer or or make sure that the trash is taken out or whatever it is, be specific with your needs so your yeah. partner can meet them. Set them up for success. Yeah. You want to do step six? Yeah, yeah. So step six is about making agreements. So you you really, you've reconvened, you've expressed a lot, you've gone through pro, your own processes, you've created space, you've respected each other. Uh, vulnerability has taken taken precedent you you've really spoken what your needs are and so there's a relief and a release there and then you start to make agreements about what you've spoken to and also again potentially refining okay uh, are we happy with how we've disagreed could we do it better next mm -hmm. time and so it's agreements about that and so you're in this constant state of growth and refinement and really choosing to to work on each other and I want to just say something as a caveat here if this seems like a lot of work to you, I, I promise it's not. Mm -hmm. Please don't let it be overwhelming because it really isn't. It's it's just you're having conversations anyway. You're arguing anyway. And if you're not having conversations with your partner, you're probably having extensive fucking unnecessary conversations in your own head mm -hmm. about <laughs> what could be and should be and what you did and replaying everything because we do that. Mm -hmm. I know I do that very well. And so it's better having these shorter conversations that are direct, that are clear, that are intended, that are coming from the heart. And I promise you it will be far less work than all the extra energy yep. you 
use trying to figure things out on your own, in your own head, like I used to do so much and still do sometimes when I'm stubborn and can't just open my mouth and speak to Christine directly. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of our agreements in our last argument. I said, can we make an agreement that you're going to come to me sooner with this stuff instead of holding it all in your head. <laughs> um, all right, step seven, physical affection. <laughs> that was a kiss. This is super, super important, especially in romantic relationships, but even in a friendship or with a family member, a hug. Shake hands. Yeah, whatever, whatever. it is. Pat is, on the back, is, is, touch is, on the shoulder. It's massive um, and, and in intimate relationships. Having that physical affection, kissing, making love, something that brings you back together because it is that that physical connection that separates an intimate romantic relationship from just any other relationship. And after getting through the other side of a disagreement and, you know, because it brings up a lot of stuff, you want to bring back in that pleasure and that connection. So mm-hmm. some kind of physical affection and just reconnection time and getting that hormonal balance back is, is a really important final step. Yeah, and if you're in a romantic, intimate relationship, you you know, really allow the moment to be present to the moment and if it's deep connection and sexual intimacy, then lock that pleasure in. Yeah. It's not it's not about, you know, we speak a lot about makeup sex and so forth. I think makeup sex isn't really done with intention and clarity. Yeah. If you can do it with intention and clarity and really as a means to to unite after actually shifting some old paradigms within you, it can be so, so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Those are our seven steps. They work for us. And yeah. I just also want to say to any of you out there, Steph is an incredible just co- relationship coach. So he coaches men, he coaches women, and he's also coaching a lot of couples and is just extraordinary at it. Thanks, so, No, it's true. I've, I've seen the work and we've had people come up to us at events and like that you've worked with and they share how amazing you've been. Um, so if you are looking for someone to help you navigate that, I highly recommend my husband. You do really walk the talk, babe. Thanks, Diane. Yeah. yeah I, I, I really feel for you know, the last couple of years, last few years, a yeah, few years is really – I've really stepped into a different level of integrity and from that I serve from a different place. You and, do. It, and it feels really real and authentic for me. Yeah, but. it is. All right, everybody. We hope that was helpful. Fight well and make up even better. Sending you lots of love and many blessings. Until next time.